The world is crazy, it's pretty clear. You need to know why, how it affects the lives of those we hold so dear. I can't explain everything, but together, maybe we can find our way. Aren't you tired of the violence, the hatred, the racism? We need a brand new day. And what about climate change, housing that's substandard but still unaffordable, and our public education system that favors some and leaves so many others behind? But who's going to pay? And then there are the jobs with wages so low they make you feel worthless as you struggle to pay the rent and all the other bills piled high. Yes, we need a brand new day. Is there enough hope among us to overcome despair? Enough wisdom to overcome ignorance? Enough generosity to overcome deprivation? Enough goodness to overcome all those who claim to be patriots but hate their government? We need a brand new day. That's right, a brand new day. This is Lehigh Valley Discourse, only on WDIY, and I'm your host, Alan Jennings. Tonight, we're talking with one of the candidates for one of the new Pennsylvania Senate seats, Nick Miller, the Democrat, who won a very close race with Northampton County Councilwoman Tara Zarinsky. His opponent is Dean Browning, a Republican who has extensive experience as a candidate. Unfortunately, Mr. Browning declined our invitation. At least he responded. Usually these guys just ignore me. So we're going to go with the candidate who was smart enough to accept the invitation. And that is Nick Miller. Nick, welcome. Thank you, Alan. Um, I want to take a minute or two just to introduce yourself to voters who, who might not know you. Sure. So my name is Nick Miller, currently running for the State Senate District 14, and I currently serve on the Allentown School Board. I've been a lifelong Allentonian, and my family's been in the Lehigh Valley for five generations. Miller is a good local name. It is a great local name, <laughs> yes. And graduated from Penn State with a finance degree and worked in uh, the business world at IBM for four years in project management and then graduated from the University of Pennsylvania with a master's in public administration. Oh, you, University of Pennsylvania, you're impressing me. That's, that's pretty good. Being in office these days has got to be just a huge challenge. I mean, trying to get anything done is, is almost impossible. And the way you're being treated as politicians these days is, is sometimes downright, you know, scary. I wonder what is it, and, and considering that climate, that would motivate you to, to do this? So when the redistricting was completed and the new maps came out and the Lehigh Valley had a th- an opportunity to send a third senator to Harrisburg to, to advocate for the Lehigh Valley, I saw an opportunity to be a leader for the Lehigh Valley and I'm a more moderate candidate and I believe that the Lehigh Valley is a more moderate area that needs effective leaders that want to, there's not time to be kind of trapped in that polarizing national politics. It's, it's dangerous politics and um, I steer away from that because there's so many at hand, uh, whether it's investing in education, uh, supporting our local economy, infrastructure, that there's so many issues that need to be addressed. You know, the, the national polarizing politics, I'd stay away from. Dean Browning is somebody I've worked with in the past. He lost his reelection to the Lehigh County Board of Commissioners because he agonizingly voted in favor of a tax increase proposed by fellow Republican Jane Irvin, the county executive at the time. That tax increase not only protected our child welfare system, but it protected our services to the elderly in Cedarbrook, and it also stabilized the county's fiscal health for years following it. Dean voted for it, and he's never won an election since. If you were in that same spot, what would you have done? That was Dean's decision to to vote how he did, but uh, an investment in our community, sometimes it's 
being a leader, you have to make tough decisions. And to continue that investment on the county level uh, is, is very important. And, and the fact that, you know, there, there's additional funding needed from the state for some of these human services that, that are provided at the county level. So I would advocate for additional funding on the state level so that the local property tax owner isn't burdened with the tax increase. You know, any politician I have in here, I ask them what they do with taxes, and nobody's going to say that they'll raise taxes. They, they never will. However, um, sometimes, you know, you've got really tough choices to make. If you had absolutely no choice but had to raise taxes, what tax in Pennsylvania do you hate the least? <laughs> That's a tough question. I mean, the reality for local property tax owners uh, has been a huge burden on our senior citizens and our fixed income residents. I, I think that the sales tax would probably be an area where you can consider an increase. Uh, versus a local property tax is probably my, my least favorite option. Okay. You're listening to the Jennings Report on WDIY. I'm your host, Alan Jennings. Tonight we're talking with Nick Miller, the candidate for the Pennsylvania Senate seat um, that was newly created. His opponent, Dean Browning, declined to participate. And so this entire episode, this entire show tonight is going to be with Nick Miller. What do you think the role the state should have and addressing the deepening crisis in housing. I mean, I've been griping about this issue for 40 years. And finally, I think lots more people in the mainstream of politics are recognizing it is truly a disaster. Um, what do you see as the state's role? Uh, because right now, the state's li- very limited. I mean, they don't put any of their own state funds into this issue. What do you think, as a state senator, your solution to or, or contribution to the solution should be? So right now, the Lehigh Valley is at least 15,000 housing units short. And, and so it, this is a, definitely a top priority of mine is addressing the affordable housing situation. And, and it's going to take a group effort, teamwork in terms of local leaders working together uh, to address this issue, incentivizing uh, the development of some of these larger projects so that we can uh, you know, add additional units to the market. The state did just pass over $100 million for uh, home repairs to help current homeowners. So there is some state funding going towards, uh, you know, increasing, you know, some of the quality of housing we have already. Um, so that's important is, is not forgetting that the housing stock we have and in Allentown specifically and in other places throughout the Lehigh Valley, the housing stock needs to be improved. So uh, being able to work with community leaders to address this issue is important. The irony here is that Pat Brown was you know, a key player in the, the uh, availability of those funds, and Republicans threw him out uh, of his seat after 18 years in, in the Senate. That's, that's just the irony, you know. Mike Schlossberg, is he your state rep? He is, yes. He is, okay. He's mine, too. The guy has been, in my mind, heroic in his efforts to call to the attention of voters and and citizens the 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 behavioral health problems that, that we have as a society and our failure to really address them. Are you familiar with uh, the work he's done on this issue and, and where would you fall on, on his proposal? So, so Mike has invested a lot of time and energy advocating for additional resources for mental health and education. And both are crucial right now in this point. I mean, we just went through a lockdown and pandemic that saw students not having the opportunities to interact with others. So social, emotional learning and, and that piece was lost. So additional investment to support the mental health 
uh, whether it's in our school systems or our adults, is very important. And so that's something that I would look forward to working with Mike on investing in. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is like one of the last uh, human rights issues is the way we treat people with behavioral health problems. We, we act as if it's all their fault. Well, you know, we know now that it's a genetically inherited thing in many cases. My father was an alcoholic. How I got off the hook, I have never no idea, but not everybody in my family did. And, and uh, you know, it takes some courage to stand up and speak on behalf of those who don't have a voice. And, and I think Mike would probably appreciate, as would I and many others, uh, you know, vocal um, support for, for that. I think the way we've, and this is, this is your issue, Nick, I, I think the way we fund and govern public education in Pennsylvania is the single most effective way our society locks inequity um, into our world. You're an Allentown School Board member. You've been on it for, what is it, three years three so years, far? Yeah. You know, urban students in their schools arguably pay the most hefty price for the oversight. And, you know, if, if, we, if the legislature just adhered to its own law, the Allentown School District would get tens of millions of new, new dollars. What is the solution to this uh, completely unfair disparity in our society? So, so five years ago, the legislator passed a, a bipartisan policy for the, our fair funding formula. It's a very comprehensive fu- formula. It included median income, charter school population, special ed, really encompassing a lot of the needs of the school district. Uh, but where the issue is that that funding, that formula has not been fully funded. So school districts like Allentown, Bethlehem, and other Lehigh Valley school districts haven't received their fair share of what they deserve per the state's formula. So being able to fully fund that formula is crucial. As an Allentown school board member, I've seen the impacts in the classroom, whether it's buildings lacking air conditioning, which we know that decreases test scores by 15%. Really, uh, just the misery of the heat. Right. So, so wow. It, for me, it would be like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so whether it's uh, air conditioning or buildings that you know, the learning environment is adapted to to being able to be successful there, or teachers that have the professional development to be able to teach these classrooms, um, we're seeing the effects throughout the, the Lehigh Valley in terms of staffing as well. So, if you are able to fund that, and we need this funding now, this is an investment in our community. An investment in our future workforce is investing in our education system. Is criminal justice on your list of priorities? It is. I mean, it's been a, a probation is one. You know, Pennsylvania has uh, the second highest amount of citizens on pro- probation and parole. And the state has been uh, having holding hearings on how, what exactly is the problem and how do we address it. So it's something that I'll be very in tune with. Abortion. What a mess. Roe versus Wade, a landmark decision, was overturned. It's almost an unheard of in Supreme Court uh, history. It puts a ton of new uh, pressure on states. What is your thinking about how Pennsylvania should respond to or react to the Dobbs decision? So, so this, like you said, it puts the decision on the states. And um, I, I've said it from the beginning that it's not my decision as a politician or someone out in Harrisburg to choose what a woman does with her body. That's her choice, and I'll fight for her choice to do that. And, and one of the crucial pieces of that is we saw in Kansas just a couple of weeks ago, we have to get out the vote. 
We have to engage voters to make sure that they show up on November 8th to protect a women's right to choose. You're listening to The Jennings Report on WDIY. I'm your host, Alan Jennings. We are here with Nick Miller, alone in the studio because his opponent, Dean Browning, declined the invitation to participate. This would not have been a debate. It would have been a simple interview, as I'm doing with Nick, but he chose not to do that. And uh, it's disappointing because I think you need to have the best information possible when you go to vote. And Dean has declined that opportunity to reach WDIY's very smart listeners. So we'll take a quick break, and we'll be back with Nick Miller in just a moment. Thank you to the members of WDIY for making all of our programming possible. Becoming a member is the best way to support your listening and to ensure we'll be here for the next person in our community to discover. The many choices and real voices you hear every day would not be here without your support. Make your membership gift today by calling 610-694-8100 or at WDIY.org. Celtic Fair, a celebration of Celtic music and culture from its roots in Ireland, Scotland, Wales, Brittany, and Galicia to its branches in Australia, Cape Breton, Canada, Chicago, New York, Philadelphia, and the Lehigh Valley. Music, interviews, and a weekly culture calendar every Thursday from 7 to 9 here on WDIY. I want to thank Neil Heaver for being at the control panel tonight. Neil is the operations manager at WDIY. I think it's safe to say that if it weren't for Neil Heaver, there wouldn't be a WDIY. And so, Neil, thanks for your good work over the years. You're still listening to the Jennings Report. I'm still your host, Alan Jennings. And my guest tonight is Nick Miller, a candidate for the Senate seat, the new one that goes from downtown Allentown out and up to uh, almost the slate belt. It's a weird district and a challenging one. Let's talk about an issue that tends to gloss people's eyes over, but in my judgment, arguably one of the most uh, difficult, most important at the same time issues to deal with, which is land use planning. In criminal law, If the law doesn't say you can't do something, then you can. In municipal law, it's called the Municipalities Planning Code, if the law doesn't say you can do it, then you can't. So the local municipalities are very tightly controlled on what they can can do. Um, It is land use planning that has contributed the most, I think, to the disparity in public school funding because um, if you... Um, have a minimum lot size that says, you know, you've got to have a quarter acre lot. Um, you're not going to put an affordable apartment unit on that. It's not going to happen. You're going to put a big old house, you know, what they call the McMansion kind of thing. And presto, change the municipality and the you know, suburban municipality gets even more tax revenue. That person may have left downtown, Allentown, and left behind a property that didn't sell, and they ended up selling it to a landlord who doesn't invest in it. And before you know it, you know, the city's getting worse, the suburbs are getting better. Um, and this affects the public schools. Um, do you have a handle on land use planning? I mean, it's, I mean, you have such a wide range of issues as a senator you have to deal with. Is this you, an issue you have an understanding of that you would be able to speak to? So I, I'm a real estate agent and invest in real estate, and I also have served as an alternate on the uh, zoning board in Allentown. So uh, very much so. And, you should and, have said that up front, man. Yeah. That's a good one. The uh, we've seen so much growth in, in the Lehigh Valley, and, and a hot topic right now is warehousing and um, the the burden it's placed on our infrastructure. 
um, you know, the, the being able to update our code to match what our density requirements are, whether it's in downtown Allentown or, um, you know, a perfect example is the state hospital and how that's going to be developed. Um, and, and the winner of this seat, the senator, will have be on, sit on the chair, the committee that will help guide that development in the future. And I think it's an excellent opportunity to uh, create additional tax revenues for the school district, for the city, and for the county, uh, but and also address some of those needs we talked about earlier, whether it's affordable housing, uh, some flex business space. But the, the key issue here is what kind of uh, what will that density and that use create for in terms of infrastructure use in that the east side of Allentown, the Lehigh Valley as a whole, is something that needs to be worked out with the planning commission and, t and tapping into those resources uh, to be able to fully understand that pressure that's going to create. But it's an excellent opportunity to continue to develop land within the city and within the Lehigh Valley. It's going to be a, a major asset. The condition of our politics is horrendous. I mean, the inability of people, two people to even talk to each other because they're on different sides of a political issue is, is just crazy. I mean, I can remember years ago when um, voters were angry at senators for being too chummy, and they demanded that they you know, fight more for their cause. Well, the civility of two members being able to speak to each other and, and work out their differences is the only way you're really ever going to get there, right? So you're going to walk into a very divided state Senate, a very d divided political picture overall. What is going to be the approach you take to, you know, remain useful as a senator and not sell out too much of your principles? I mean, wh what's the balance? What are you thinking in terms of the process of the problem solving? So, so being able to work across the aisle, we've seemed to move away from that, and, and it's become very polarizing, uh, especially on the national level. We've seen the, the polarizing politics have turned us versus them. But uh, the reality of the Lehigh Valley is that there, there's a lot of issues to address, and being able to work with whether it's state reps that are of the other party and, and, or uh, other state senators, uh, it's going to take a team effort to make sure that we can move forward uh, in the right direction on a lot of these issues. Uh, I, I've, again, kind of steered away from the polarizing politics on the national level to stick to the issues that we face um, and, and, you know, being able to support our community. And, and it's a very diverse community. When you think of the uh, Senate District 14, you're representing anywhere from Allentown and that urban environment uh, to the suburbs out in Whitehall and all the way up to Aurora up in northern Northampton and farmland. It, it's going to take somebody that's going to be that team builder uh, and, and someone that can work across the aisle to represent such a diverse community. You know, I thought about running for Congress a, a couple of years ago. and I, I was going to, my plan was, I, I got elected, I was going to go to the Republican side of the aisle, find an outspoken conservative, sit down next to him, introduce myself and say, I'm not going to leave this seat until you tell me how we're going to work together. And, you know, I, I've kind of pictured myself on the front page of the New York Times being dragged out of the out of the chamber for, for not being willing to move, you know. But, you know, somehow we've got to find a way to, to talk to each other. You know, it's crazy. You call yourself a moderate Democrat. Um, you know, the political spectrum has changed so much lately. I don't even know what that means anymore. What, what is a, what, in your mind, what does a, a moderate Democrat mean? So kind of on the other question as well, but it's, all, it's about relationship building and being able to have those conversations, although they may disagree, uh, on, on certain things on the 
the agenda, you have to be able to meet in the middle. And, and, and we've moved a, a, away from that. And being more on the moderate side, I, I don't want to, it's not my way or the highway. It's a negotiation on, you know, we need to invest in our education system now. Uh, that's an investment in the future of our community, an investment in, in our workforce development, uh, our workforce of tomorrow. Um, we need to have uh, uh, just effective leaders that uh, understand the issues, whether it's on the economy side of things or, or the community side of things. We need uh, committed leaders. And so being a moderate, uh, it, it's about relationship building and, and not being on the, those farther sides of the spectrum, the extremism and steering away from that national polarizing piece, it's coming together in the middle to work on the issues of the Le for the Lehigh Valley. Is there an issue that you would be dug in on and not be willing to compromise? I mean, you know, because that's the other side of it. Is it I mean, compromise is compromising, you know? It means you're giving up some of your values and, and willing to sell your principles in order to get a, you know, a, a, a smaller prize from it. What do you do? Where's the balance of that? Is there an issue that you could identify where you simply are dug in and you aren't gonna, you're not going to be willing to compromise? So education is a, my number one priority, investing in that. If you can educate someone, you can you know, make the, put them on a, a good path for the rest of their life. You can develop the workforce for tomorrow. Um, I, I think that's all about the conversation of showing the return on investment of investing in our communities, whether it's relieving the local taxpayer who has consistently had tax increases from school districts because they're being underfunded. So it, it's showing, you know, whether it's on my own side of the aisle or on the other side of the aisle, having the conversation about, this isn't only about the investment in the community and our students, it's also protecting the local uh, taxpayer and property owner. You're listening to the Jennings Report on WDIY. I'm the host, Alan Jennings. With me tonight is my single guest, Nick Miller, who is here alone because Dean Browning turned down my invitation to participate. Nick, we've got about a minute left. Uh, I'm going to give you an opportunity to make sort of a closing, you know, why you should vote for Nick Miller pitch. Thank you, Alan, and I appreciate you having me on the show. This, this election is going to be crucial in protecting uh, rights and investing in the Lehigh Valley. The Lehigh Valley deserves an effective leader, and I want to be that next leader, whether it's investing in our education system, supporting our local economy, uh, investing in infrastructure. There's so many issues now that we need a senator that's going to work for the people. Okay, that's Nick Miller, candidate for the Pennsylvania Senate. Our election day is November 8th. And real quickly, what's the area of the Senate district? So it includes a majority of Allentown, Emmaus, Salisbury, Fountain Hill, and then goes runs north up through Whitehall, Catasauqua, Caddy, and the northern Northampton part of uh, the district is Lehigh Township, Moore Township, Bath, and Bushkill Township. Okay, Nick, thanks for joining me tonight, and I appreciate it. I wish you the best of luck. And folks, stick around for my final thoughts. This is Alan Jennings on the Jennings Report. Stay with me. Spread the word about your business or organization to a well-informed audience. Become an underwriter with WDIY. Our lineup of NPR news and locally produced programs reaches thousands of engaged listeners in the Lehigh Valley and beyond. Underwriting on WDIY is an affordable and effective way to provide information about your product and services to people who care. To learn more about underwriting opportunities, 610-694-8100 or WDIY.org. The following thoughts and opinions do not necessarily reflect those of WDIY, its affiliates, staff, members, and volunteers. You're listening to the Jennings Report on WDIY, Lehigh Valley's public radio station. 
And these are my final thoughts. Why are Republican candidates avoiding this show? Regular listeners of this show may have noticed that a pattern is developing as we get deeper into the campaigns leading up to Election Day on November 8th. So far, Republicans seem to be in unison in their evasion of sharing their views with WDIY listeners on this show. Candidly, I'm a bit flattered, but also somewhat paranoid by this. Lisa Scheller avoided this forum twice in her challenges of incumbent Susan Wilde for her seat in the U.S. Congress, never responding to repeated efforts to get her to join us. Same thing with Jared Coleman, the GOP candidate running for the new Pennsylvania Senate seat, who beat Pat Brown, an extraordinarily effective legislator. We can't even find a way to communicate with the Mastriano campaign. Check it out. No phone numbers, no email addresses. There is a P.O. box and a website soliciting donations. That's it. We couldn't find any other way of communicating with them. What are they afraid of? I have been very candid and forthcoming in affirming that my politics lean left. Everybody who knows me for the last 40 years knows that. But I would also fiercely defend my interviews as fair. I have interviewed plenty of Republicans, and not one has complained about their experience. It seems that there is a deliberate strategy among those Republicans who are running for office this year to run away from the mainstream news media. NPR and its affiliates like WDIY are certainly in that category of, quote, mainstream, because NPR and their affiliates exist because of and are funded by the federal government. They are hypersensitive about keeping the Congress's support. I give them credit, especially CEO Greg Caponia, for allowing me these final thoughts. It's clear to me that the Republicans are talking and listening to a smaller and smaller portion of the American people. It is a world that is following Donald Trump and the likes of Alex Jones and the late Rush Limbaugh, none of whom can open their mouths without lying. And what about that nutty Steve Bannon? He hates his country, yet somehow considers himself a patriot. But this time, I don't think the politicians are leading the way. I remember voters in the 70s and 80s telling politicians to stop being chummy. But that's how civility gets nurtured, by people talking to each other, being open to alternative ideas, looking for ways to compromise, maybe even being friends. This meanness is being manifested everywhere I look, from large yard signs that use the F-bomb directed at President Biden, to bumper stickers, Confederate flags, and basements loaded with semi-automatic weapons. Twice in the last year, I have personally been chased by guys in pickup trucks with road rage. This is a party with a leader who is the lyingest liar in the history of lies. He has legitimized lying. His friend in Russia is a liar. Alex Jones is a liar. Rush Limbaugh is a liar. And Trump gave him the nation's highest honor for lying. It is truly pathetic to watch them prevaricate, contradict, lie, and put their party ahead of the country. It is shocking that most rank-and-file Republicans continue to embrace the man who came so close to successfully staging a violent revolution to overturn an election. They should all take a civics course on what it means to have the honor and privilege of living in a democracy. I can't overemphasize that I admire, respect, and appreciate my many Republican friends, but simply don't understand how they could support their leaders' excesses. This party is too close to QAnon, too close to white supremacist groups, too close to Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson, and Laura Ingraham. It's too close to Hungary's President Orban, Viktor Orban, a promoter of hate. It's too close to Russia's demonic president 
and too close to the NRA. We are turning the clock back, abandoning the principles that make us proud Americans, forgetting the lessons of our past, and embarrassing ourselves with civilized nations worldwide. Friends, we are better than this. Let's show them. And those are my final thoughts. I'm Alan Jennings, host of The Jennings Report. Thanks for listening. Hope to join us next time.